There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is about sex. If you're faint-hearted or easily offended, you might not want to listen, but you should. Join me, Tracy Cox, and Kelsey Chittick as we share honest and real sex advice on this award-winning podcast. Tracy is an international sex educator and author of lots of books about sex and relationships. Kelsey is a podcaster, comedian, and author who is getting out of her comfort zone both in the bedroom and in these conversations. Each week, we answer three anonymous sex and relationship questions sent in by you, our listeners. And nothing is off limits. Here's Sex Talk. So, welcome everybody to this week's Sex Talk. And Kelsey, I have some very good news for women all around the world. And and, and in fact, no one's made a big song or dance about this, but they have finally, finally come up with a male contraceptive that looks like it's actually going to work, right? It's a gel that, quote, dramatically but temporarily suppresses his sperm count. So it brings his sperm count right down to about, so it's about the same fertility level as what the female pool does to us. He rubs it on, it just puts a bit of gel, soaks in, and this could solve, I mean, one thing that women maybe don't have to do anymore, and that's evened up with the sexes. I mean, it's not, it's called nesterone. Nesterone gel. It's in trials, but it's it's looking bloody good. So about time A. Dear Lord, this is I've always wondered that. Like when you really think about women, you think like, why, why is it all on us when they're the ones impregnating us? It's amazing. And I, I know condoms are the way, but I just feel like people don't use them as much anymore. I mean, I know I I talk to my kids about it all the time, but it just seems like there's gotta be a better way than wrapping a piece, a Ziploc bag over a penis. I just feel like we've come so far technologically, but we're still doing, we're still rolling out a condom at the end, right in the middle of whatever the best part of it was. Yeah. And then they have to. female condom? Did you ever see that? That was such a disaster. The female condom. I didn't see that, but I did try. There's a new birth control for women called Fexi, where basically Mm. right before you have intercourse, right before you're really going to close the deal, you squirt it up inside of you, almost like a tampon, but it stays inside and then it makes it inhospitable for the sperm. But again, it's like that, is there something other than stopping the whole movement, walking to the bathroom, getting this, getting that? And then you're kind of done at that point because it kind of oozes out. Lost the moment. Anyway, I thought that was really interesting. One less thing for women to have to worry about. Right, what have we got this week then? So we got a got, it's fall. Do people have a lot of sex in the fall? Is the fall a sexy time? I think people have more sex in summer. I feel really? like they do. Yeah, because they're flesh on display. I don't know. Summer feels sexier to me. Yeah, you're not. You're, you're a little tanner too. White. You're not as white and pasty. I get it. Okay. No, no. All right. Here comes our questions from the listeners. Here we go. I'm 36 and I've been married for nine years. I'm sick 
to death of being pestered for sex by my husband. He wants sex all the time and gets angry or sulks when I don't give in. I've tried telling him that being hassled makes me want sex less, not more, but he doesn't listen. Our sex is okay, but it's always about his pleasure. We have sex about four times a week, which is more than enough for me. How can I stop him from behaving like this? Four times a week, girl, that's 16 times a month. You getting busy. Exactly. That is a lot of sex. And what is it about men that they don't realize that pestering women for sex is going to achieve the complete opposite to what they think it will? When you're being pestered and hassled and groped, you are not going to suddenly turn around and go, you know what? Actually, I am in the mood for it now. I mean, it's just counterintuitive, isn't it? It's just not going to work on any level. I wonder if people get addicted to acting and asking in the same way. So you've been in a marriage for a long time and that's just your shtick. Like she doesn't want it. I'll bother her about it. She'll get annoyed and then we'll do it. She'll be miserable and I'll have had an orgasm. Like do people just get stuck and don't think outside the box? No pun intended. They very much get, get stuck with it. But I actually have a formula which has worked with sex pets because I've dealt with this problem many, many times. And it's it's a kind of process that you have to work through. So the first thing is you've got to decide on a new way for him to request sex. This is by far the most important thing. And don't use actions, use words, because if you use actions, you will end up, you've got to separate the sex from the affection, because otherwise anything he does to be affectionate, you're going to go, you're just pestering me again. And you need to make it quite formal. He needs to say something like, you know, I'm really in the mood for sex right now. Do you, can you tell me whether you're in the mood and when you, or when you might be? Because I'd really like to have sex with you right now. The more polite, the more respectful, the more times he repeats this, the more it gets through to him that it's not just about him. And the thing about sex pests is sex, pe- sex pests seem to always have sex on their terms. It's very intercourse-based, seems to go with the territory. They have the orgasm, you don't, and this is how the dynamic works. They're wanting sex that you don't want to have because you're not getting anything out of it. So it becomes this horrible cycle that, yes, it is very difficult to break out of. So if you can do that one thing, get him to request sex in a different way, that will be a big step in the in the right direction. The other thing that you can do that makes a big difference is to agree on how much sex is reasonable. Now, four times a week is a lot, okay? I don't know what stage you're at in the relationship, but that is a lot. Now, there is, of course, no right answer to how much is perfect sex because once a week might be too much for some people and once a day might not be enough for others. But there is a magic formula that really seems to work for most couples, right? So you have the low desire person thinks about the most often they would like to have sex in a fortnight. You do it a fortnight rather than a month because it just works out better that way. The high desire person says, all right, well, the most, the least often that I want sex is say four times a week. No, say, yeah, say they said, right, I can't do it for under four times. And you say, well, I'm not doing it any more than two times, twice. You pick the number in the middle and you go, right, okay, we're going to settle on three. And that works as a really good starting point. So it's a very good thing to do. The second, well, most obvious thing is you need to make the sex better so that when you're having it, you're enjoying it. Simple, right? I mean, my question is this, and I talked about this a lot with my girlfriends because when we were growing up, it was all about the man having an orgasm. But now there is a movement and there's a lot of social media and there's a lot of books about having the woman have an orgasm first. What if that? What if we just changed that narrative and no man had an orgasm until we did? 
And you started with us because I feel like most of us are growing up. We would just do it. They would have an orgasm and we would be done. And that would be sex. And every now and then we'd have an orgasm or we'd fake one or we'd pretend like we loved it. But if they could switch, if I think a woman would want to have sex a lot more. Yeah, I think a lot of young men do do the she comes first. We've talked about this. And I think that is a mantra that they do. But I think that with men, you have to be very, well, with anyone really, you have to be very specific. So if this woman thinks about, right, what do I want? What would be the perfect sex session? Do I want to talk first? How much foreplay do I want? How much time on my breast? What is I want him to do on my breast? How do I want him to touch me with his fingers? Do I want oral sex? Don't I? Do I want to use a sex toy? Do I want to be in the bath? Like the more specific you can be, the better. And then you tell him. If you're not that comfortable just telling him, you write a letter, an email, and you title it, this is the sex I'd love to have with you. And then you say, this is what I'd like to do. Not don't do this, don't do that. This is what I'd like. And then you say to him, my motivation is because I want us to have the best sex possible. Now, of course, if you start having the sex that you like, you, you're going to be up for it a lot more. Right. If you just change the way he requests sex, the type of sex that you have, and I'm not saying any of this is easy, but if you change those factors, oh, and also stop blaming, this is not his fault or your fault if you have mismatched libidos. It is just, like you say, a thing that you've fallen into, and we're all born. I mean, our libido is pre- pretty much predicted by genetics, right? So it's no one's fault. So stop with the you're a sex pest you know, your frigid, your terrible word, all that sort of stuff. So I would definitely recommend that and also change the way you reject him. Don't, if you know, if he wants sex and you don't, first of all, it's better off to say when, not no, just no. But also don't say to him, look, I've got no judgment if you want to take yourself off to the loo and watch porn and satisfy yourself. No judgment there. But he's also in return got to stop with the anger and the sulking. That's, I mean, with the pestering and the anger and the sulking, He's lucky you were having any sex at all, quite frankly. So you deserve the award for having it four times a week with someone who's behaving like that. Don't you think? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think I think you have to set, you just have to set what the woman has to feel relaxed. This is what men don't realize. We can't be rushed. We can't be, we have to feel seen. We have to feel heard. And of course, I think we need music. So tell them to try music too. Throw some, throw some music <laughs> in. He loves a bit of music. I do. God, give me a, give me some ambiance. Yeah, I think that's perfect. I wish her the best. And four times, it just seems like a lot. And it feels like, I don't know. It's a lot. It is a lot. That's a lot of, that's 16 times. That's a lot of sex. But good luck, sister. That's all I yeah. can tell you. Hope you get it down to three. Hope <laughs> it's quick if you have to do it four. Okay, here we go. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. 
Okay, this is a big one because I've never said this type of stuff on on TV. Are we on TV? No, on a podcast. All right, here's the second question. And this is a big topic in my group of friends, which I didn't know, but it is. And here we are. I'm intrigued by anal play, but haven't a clue where to start, how to suggest it to my partner or what to do. Also, how do I make it clear to him that this doesn't mean I want anal intercourse? My boyfriend is keen to that, but I'm not. A friend did it and said it really hurt. Any tips? I mean, another one that I could have written. Here we go. And let's pass it over to the sex therapist expert, Tracy Cox. Right. Okay. I have plenty of tips, but to answer the last question first, you just say to him, listen, I'm interested in trying anal play, but this does not mean that I want to proceed straight to anal intercourse. So you just make that really clear at the beginning. Most guys, once that, I mean, if you make it really clear and it's not like, oh, well, I might, or, you know, maybe one day, just make it really clear. And who knows, after you try an anal play, you might find it so exciting that you want to give it a whirl, but just make that plain first. Now, the thing about anal play is that I think no matter how much it's popular and it's not a big deal with lots of couples, it will always be something that we have reservations about because it's private. Like right. we'll be in front of other people, but when very few people do a poo in front of some, somebody else, it's just, it's not. And the rectum's used to things coming out not going in. So it kind of feels unnatural. And in a way, it is unnatural. That's why there's a right and a wrong way to do it. But the reasons to try it are his erections are much harder. Orgasms are way more intense. If you're hovering on the brink of wanting to have an orgasm and you can't quite push over, a little bit of anal play will get you there. There are so many reasons why it's great. And I think everybody should try it. It's one of those things that I think when people try, I think most people like it. It's one of those things that I think people really do like. Now, certain things that you don't know and no one tells you about anal play. Number one, it's rarely the main event. You usually do it with something else. So say you're trying anal play with him, you might team it with you giving him oral sex or a hand job or something like that. It works well that way because... Sometimes lots of people are really embarrassed. Say you're trying it for the first time and they're really liking it. They feel embarrassed admitting it. It's like, oh my God, how embarrassing. I want to say that I'm really getting off on somebody's sticking finger up my bottom. It's embarrassing, right? So if they're doing something else to you, you can go, oh, that feels amazing. That oral sex is amazing. When secretly, it's the anal play that you're enjoying. So do that. How to suggest it? You can try not to have the conversation by just gently stroking around the opening of the anus, but you kind of have to because you need to use lube and it's awkward to begin with. It's always awkward. So you need to have you know, feedback with each other. You need to be talking about it. The first time you try this is not going to be sexy. It's going to be a conversation. Oh my God, that feels weird. Or no, that doesn't. Okay, keep going. No, stop. It's very much like that. So I'm going to tell you the order of how to do it. Are you allowed to say something, Kelsey, or are you going to sit quietly? Yeah, no, I'll say, I mean, I I think the hardest thing for this, for me, or was for me, is just getting over the mental idea that this isn't okay to do. Or this isn't, mm. that this isn't classy, or this isn't, we don't do that. And there, there's there's a reason for, and, you know, I used to say like, there's only one thing that you need your butt for, and that's for going to the bathroom. It has nothing to do with anything sexual. And I think part of sex is letting go. And it's, and it's deciding to, in a moment, 
drop out of your cognitive brain and stop having all these rules and regulations that you've been taught or you've been or that you've been thought or whatever it is and saying okay i'm i'm going to trust this person and i'm going to be able to explore and i have complete faith that if i say stop it stops they will stop. Yes, absolutely. Now, remember, if this was not preordained for us, why would there be so many nerve endings up each other's? Up the why is there a hole? The you know what I mean? Like, so why? Why is it got all these pleasure zones up there? So, if you want to think about whether we're designed for this or not, there is. There are. It's packed with nerve endings, the anus, and there yeah. is no reason for it to be packed with nerve endings. So maybe we're meant to have pleasure. I'm, I'm certain. Go ahead, and then I'll add my my two cents. Not, Quite a bit to keep going. So, so first off, you start by inserting a finger and use the finger that you point with. You add loads of lube to your finger and the rim of his anus, and you sort of rub it. Oh wait, we're doing it to them. Yeah. Oh well, God. Do it to you. Look, she's okay. going to do it to him. That was the thing. She wants to do it to him. I want to know. We'll do it from the person. We'll do it. Well, no, it's just easier for you to do it to them. It's much easier to say that. So you put lube on your finger, rub it on the rib of the anus. Now, the thing about the anus and the rectum. I'm not here yet. I'm not here yet, but I'm with you. I'm learning. So when I will be. Okay, go on. There are loads of, there are two lots of very strong muscles in the rectum, the sphincter muscles, and they do not want anything going inside. So you have to relax the rectum and make sure, this is why you need to talk about it before you do it. So you just put a, the finger in just a little bit, okay, wait for the rectum to relax and then keep going little by little until it's inserted. Now, the thing about anal play is that when, as the finger's going in, it's uncomfortable, but once it's in there, it's not. So, but that doesn't mean you could just go shoving it right in really fast. You have to go very slowly, but once it's in, it will feel comfortable. Once it's in, then you do not, she's laughing, you do not do what you would do with the finger in the vagina and thrust it in and out. Do not do that. You do make a sort of come here, a sort of beckoning motion come, with your Come finger. here. Come yes, get it? Like, come, come here. here. Come, come here. here. Oh, ha, 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 ha. Double entendre. Mm-hmm. She can't help herself. She's a comedian. So because bear in mind, the area that you're stimulating is the G-spot in, in either sex, right? So you do that and see whether they like it or not. Now, this is the main point I wanted to make. I am such a fan of butt plugs. Do you know what a butt plug is? Well, I, mean, I can't remember. Uh, no, you did not send me one. I'm not. I'm not quite ready to plug my butt, but I, I'm. I'm open to it because I've opened everything, and my butt is open to it too. But just not yet. I'm not there. They look like they're probably about two two inches high. They're quite cute. They look like a teardrop, a little fat teardrop. And they have a flared base. Now, flared bases, do you know what I mean by that? It's yeah, like yeah, a yeah. stopper, right? Because anything that goes inside your bottom has to be made for that purpose, please. Because unlike the vagina has an end to it, the rectum does not have an end to it. And those times are strong. I'm telling you, if you put something inside, like say that little bullet vibe that I gave you, if you use that inside your rectum, it gets pulled inside, off never to be seen again, off to the emergency ward goes Kelsey. This is the worst thing I've ever heard, that you could lose something inside your butt. This is why people go to the ER and they have a mouse up their butt or they have something that they shouldn't have put up their butt. This is so educational, Tracy. Yes. So you must have a flared base on any toy. A gla- you, know, you can use glass dildos, things like that. You only use a- toys that are made for inserting inside the anus. Please don't use anything else. Now, with the butt plug, you put a bit of lube on it, press it against the anus, let it get pulled inside, and then you just leave it there. 
and continue on having sex. You could have intercourse. You could just keep having sex as you normally would. And what the butt plug does, it puts a very pleasant sort of pressure on the whole area and it intensifies everything. And it's a simple little toy. It costs hardly anything. And it is a really kind of naughty way to spice things up that's not really naughty. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a really good thing. For, I would strongly recommend most couples try this. Well, this is great because I was thinking, what am I going to get all my friends for Christmas? And there's going to be a stocking stuffer that nobody has seen before, and it's getting dropped into every party I go to. No, you actually, again, you make things that are very uncomfortable for me or have been for me, easy to understand, and you make it as if it's not that big of a deal. And again, it's a switch in the head to say, am I willing to try something new? And maybe it's like, you know, people say people that try new foods are more evolved and have more fun in life. Maybe it's the same with the butt plug, you know, <laughs> like people that are open to it. It's yeah. kind of one of those things where they're quite amusing little toys, but I, I swear everyone should try that. If you're okay. a little bit of interest, try it. And okay. then if you like that, you can get vibrating versions and you can try anal beads, which is sort of like thing beads, like a big neck, big pearl necklace with a handle that you insert and then pull out just on orgasm. And that feeling's I don't really like it because it's too intense for me, but that's something else to do. So there's so much stuff that you can do. People think anal play means anal intercourse. It doesn't. There's so much else you can do that's far more interesting. Okay. And doesn't oh, we could go, we could do it. We might do a whole episode about this at some point. Okay. That was a lot for me. So I'm going to take it in and we're going to follow up. I'm going to follow right. up with everybody. Okay. Number three, I am a young woman and have never done anything. Not a first kiss, no talking to guys. I've never been in a relationship. I was wondering, how am I supposed to manage in the future with no experience? Do you guys have tips on how to stop comparing myself with other girls that have had sex or are in relationships and for me not to feel like an outcast? Sounds like she doesn't even know where to start. It, well, the fact that she's listening to us. Yeah, thank you for listening to us. That's her way ahead of the game. I mean, I don't know how many other young women are listening to us. I know that we have quite a few young women, actually, but I don't know how young. But I know that we do have parents of teens listening. And quite frankly, Kelsey, this question is more about not feeling embarrassed about the level of sexual experience that you have. So it's relevant to all of us. I mean, we're all guilty of looking at our friends and going, God, they're having much better sex than I am. They're having it much more often, et cetera. First thing about that circumstance is that everybody exaggerates and everybody lies, especially teenage girls or young girls. Now, your friends probably haven't got up to half that they've got up to because it's all about testing, isn't it? Like they'll think, all right, I'm going to say I've done this and see how the group react to see whether or not I'm meant to be doing that, okay? And, you know, Sex isn't a sport. It's not a race to get to the line. It's People are so individual about timings. I mean, I've got girlfriends who I would say are very sexual and very adventurous, and some of them didn't lose their virginity until they were like 25. Well, I was going to say, I I didn't have sex in high school because I thought all my friends weren't, and so I thought we had like a, a an agreement. And then we came when we came back from freshman year in college, we sat around and played a drinking game, and everyone's like, drink if you've never had sex. And I was like, the only one that drank. I'm like, what? I thought we had an agreement. They're like, we lied to you. Are you kidding me? We all were doing it since we were 15. I'm like, what? You sluts. Terrible. I do agree that people tell their numbers up or down. So you can't really, it's yeah. hard to believe because young women haven't been told they can talk about it. Whereas guys definitely exaggerate their number. <laughs> They do, always. And I think the fact that you are listening to this podcast, so she is listening to this podcast, will put her way ahead of the game. Yes. The more educated you are about sex, I mean, she's listening to mature sexual themes. 
she's going to be way ahead by the time she gets around to it then fumbling around with some bloke you know a boy with under a blanket or something this is she's doing everything right before she's even had that kiss and the other thing is she is the norm not the exception because seriously the age of when people lose sex has risen and there are many reasons for that number one is covid has stolen two years out of everybody's life so People who might have lost their virginity haven't gone to the places where they would have lost it. They haven't gone to the prom. They haven't gone to that 17-year-old birthday party. That you know, all the places where people used to traditionally lose their virginity didn't happen. You know, people are less curious about sex, young people, because there's so much porn. Women look at porn and they're scared. They have we have so much to distract us. We have phones, we have streaming services. Young adults don't drink as much, and you know this, and they and they live with their parents longer. So there's so many reasons why people aren't losing their virginity until much, much later. Now, how to not feel like a podcast? I mean, a podcast. Don't feel like a pod- podcast. Isn't going to get you laid. I can promise no, you that. Don't feel like how not to feel like an outcast is to not feel any shame or embarrassment about it because there isn't any. You're you're the norm actually. But even if you weren't, there's nothing wrong with being different. And I think the way to deal with it is your friends is with your friends is not to pretend. I don't think you should be saying, listen, you know. I haven't had, you know, not pretend, oh, yeah, I've slept with loads of guys. If you just say to your friends, hey, this is really interesting that you're talking about sex and relationships because I've actually never even kissed a guy and you can imagine, I'm, I'm really going to get hints from you guys. So do that. She doesn't need experience. She doesn't need experience. It's helpful, but it's not the whole thing. We've said this before, Kelsey, haven't we? Like enthusiasm, curiosity. She's listening to this podcast, getting lots of education. You're getting hints from your friends. You are going to be in a place to take on the world. You don't need anything more than just curiosity, enthusiasm. That's going to make you a great lover. I love it. I also think you, if she has a friend, like a good guy friend, and she wants to be, I mean, I don't know a single guy that isn't open to helping you learn how to French kiss or whatever, you know, whatever you're curious about. I'm sure if you have a friend, they would be game to help you grow in that area. Moving into dangerous territory here now. She's probably got some really nice guy who fancies her, and now she's going to practice French. She's, she's just going to, well, yeah. I mean, I think I'm off with James now. It's perfect. No, listen, I didn't have sex until I was 19, and I remember, I remember feeling that was early enough. Like I don't think I would have been ready any earlier. So if you if it hasn't presented itself, it might be because the person you you want to do that with hasn't presented themselves yet, and that's okay. And please pick the nice guy, not the sexy guy to have first sex with. Have the sexy guy later. But if you're going to have your first experience of sex, make it with somebody who you preferably have feelings for that maybe wants a bit more than just sex. And take it slow and savour every moment. I mean, how often do you get to have the first time? Never. Savour that first kiss. Savour that first phase, second phase feeling. Drag it out as long as you can. Because from then on in, it's just repeat, repeat, repeat. Exactly. Then it becomes four times a week with a guy you don't want. All right. I think that's it. We're out of time. Tracy, you're brilliant. I've got so much to learn every single week. I know. And it's so hard to go not to go off point and just keep chatting amongst ourselves. So I'm sorry about that, listeners. We do tend to steer off into just chatty, chatty. Oh, have a great week, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk. If you'd like your question answered on the show, send it to us at sextoppod.com. So that's S-E-X-T-O-K-P-O-D.com. You'll find info about my books, sex products, and more sex advice at tracycox.com. And that's Tracy with an E. 
If you like this podcast, please send it to your friends and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.